Thank you, everyone, for being with us for Homeschool.com's 2007 Winter Homeschooling Conference. Our next interview is with Dr. Mick Hall. He is a naturopathic doctor, researcher, formulator, author, internationally recognized nutritional consultant, teacher, and lecturer. His area of expertise includes body chemistry evaluation and total body detoxification. Dr. Hall's research includes an intensive 20-year research project that revealed the true causes behind the physical symptoms as well as the true reasons for degenerative patterns to develop within the human body. These discoveries have allowed Dr. Hall to see through the mysteries and complexities of the human body and to develop a simple system of education and body chemistry support that is revolutionizing the world of health care. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Hall. Well, thank you for having me. We appreciate it. We have so much to cover during this hour. I really appreciate you being with us. January seems to be the perfect time to talk with you about this topic because we've been abusing our bodies, it seems, since mid-November, you know, all the way through the Christmas uh, holiday with so much um, you know, fatty food and sugary foods and overeating and, and stress and rushing around. I think a lot of people in January are motivated to get back on track. Yes. Everyone that survived the holiday season definitely should be interested in this information. Do you think the high suicide rate, do you think it has to do with nutrition as well? High suicide? Uh, December, Christmas time, seems to have the highest suicide rate, apparently, of the year. I was that, reading that depressing statistic somewhere. Well, I'm sure that it has a small part, but uh, there's a lot more, I think, because of family issues and uh, so much emotional turmoil re uh, revolving around the, uh, the season, and I think... Uh, as we get into the interview and we talk more about the one and only real real cause for all degenerative disease, I think that same question will come back around again. That'd be excellent. And Dr. Hall, if you could speak up just a little bit louder, please. I want to make sure we get a good, clean recording, and we have a lot of people on the line. Okay. I was just listening to the audio version of your book, uh, Stop Illness Now, which is just excellent. And I realize that the focus of your work is so much different from what is becoming so popular in the health field. Would you please explain how you view this difference? Well, first of all, about 20 years ago, I was directing one of the cancer clinics in Mexico, and I came away from the clinic with the same attitude that most of the world had, and that is we need to find faster and more effective ways of eliminating disease and eliminating symptoms. And so for approximately half of my research time uh, over the next five or six years I was looking for solutions and all of a sudden I started looking up and realizing that my research had taken me in the exact opposite direction and I started gaining a greater uh, understanding and appreciation for the brilliance of how the body was designed in the beginning to be a self-repairing mechanism and from that point of view I kept expanding on that awareness and uh, getting confirmations through everything that I was looking at because luckily I didn't have a company sponsoring my research. I was free to look in any direction that I wanted and to uh, conclude anything that I, uh, I had in mind. And having been a uh, homeschooler myself, uh, I wasn't homeschooled, but uh, my wife and I homeschooled our own children. It kind of gave me that same uh, viewpoint of uh, I don't want someone else's opinions. I want to go out and discover for myself what the
the truth is and formulate my own opinions. And when I left the clinic in Mexico, I was looking for an understanding to the question why. Why does all this happen? And I never realized what I was feeling in the beginning, but as time went on, I realized, wow, in every other aspect of life, we look at an effect and we ask, why is this happening? And we'll, we'll go upstream and we'll correct cause, knowing that once cause is corrected, the effect will fade out of the picture. But only with healthcare is it set up where we see the effect and we target the effect again and again and again. And that's, uh, not only symptoms, but diseases as well. We just target the end resulting effect and we've never been, uh, given an opening for questioning cause. It's always keep the focus on the effect and keep eliminating the effect. But my research led me to that realization of, hey, wait a second, we're doing something so different with healthcare than we are with every other area of our lives. And what we really need to do is delve into a deeper understanding of why the body breaks down in all these various ways. Instead of simply band-aiding these symptoms. Right. Just taking, relieving the pressure, taking the pain away. And another thing is if we stop and realize, wait a second, degenerative disease is now like an epidemic. Uh, you know, if uh, a person isn't killed or doesn't take their own lives, they've probably got about a 98% chance of dying of some form of terrible degenerative disease, even now with all the uh, new information on supplements and everything else. Because uh, as we'll talk more through the interview, uh, our food isn't cause and our food isn't really the solution. It's actually a very powerful influence, which I want to get into more detail about. But uh, the purpose that I want to bring about with this interview is to help everyone to understand that there are many levels of cause. And to look at the end resulting effects is not the solution. We need to open up to two truths. One is there are many levels of cause upstream from the effect. And until we... Uh, look upstream and uh, understand cause and correct cause, we're not really that uh, far ahead. And the greatest example, of course, is the removal of a cancerous tumor with all levels of cause firmly in place still. What have we really gained? We've gained a few years until the same causal issues remanifest a tumor in another area of the body. You mentioned degenerative diseases. Can you uh, define that for us and give us some examples? Uh, any of your cancers, arthritis, uh, diabetes, any of these uh, well-established patterns that doctors tell us we need to learn to live by or live with and uh, they provide whatever medications or whatever uh, therapies have been designated by the pharmaceutical industry for a way of... Uh, maintaining status quo as we slu slowly lose ground. So cancer is a degenerative disease? Uh-huh. Anything that degenerates and breaks down. Uh, cancer is nothing that we just get. Uh, in every case of cancer, there is a long uh, preparatory time. And even with children that develop cancer, that is an expression 
that has had the momentum begun by one or both of the parents. Cancer does not just happen. It's an end result of several causal factors over a long period of time. And another thing, while we're talking about that, I would like to state very emphatically that all forms of disease is not the result of some external force wrongly imposing itself onto us. Every form of degenerative disease has its origin in our emotional outlook on life. Ooh, can you say that again, please? Every form of disease, which brings actually it brings us back to the one and only cause. Maybe I'm hoping that I'm not broadening this conversation out too rapidly, but I'll, I'll keep coming back to the same thing because what I do is I put everything into simple principle and then I come back to the same things over and over again. And maybe what we need to do right now is just take one quick global view of all levels of the reason why the body breaks down in all forms of degenerative disease. Yes, please. Now, in, in the book, I detail this out very carefully, and I go into great detail so that it's very easy to understand. But there's only one actual major cause for all degenerative disease. All the cancers, diabetes, arthritis, all of these conditions um, all originate with one cause, and that is trauma. Trauma activates the human response of fear, which is contractive. Fear, when it becomes either chronic or suppressed, we commonly refer to this as stress. So stress, directly and indirectly, is the one major cause for all degenerative disease. Talking about stress as in uh, like a, an accident or something like it, also um, stress to a situation, mental stress? Well, if we go back to stress's grandfather, which is trauma, every one of us has experienced either true trauma or perceived trauma. And now I want to clarify one more thing before uh, we go on, and that is when I say me, who am I uh, expressing? I'm expressing eight individuals. Through this one body of mine, I'm expressing eight individuals. I'm expressing the spiritual uh, being that I am. I'm expressing my personality. I'm expressing the DNA of my two biological parents and my four biological grandparents. And all the trauma of all eight are being expressed through my physical body. I know that... Book, what's that? Oh, in your book, you, you list 11 reasons why the human body breaks down. Yes. Okay, so, so number one then is you know, trauma or stress, and that's the overlying reason. Right, and the way that those two cause the disease is directly, because it's contractive, it will contract the life from flowing through the five major pathways in the body, which is the nervous system, the intestinal tract, the bloodstream, the lymphatic system, and the meridians. That is the foundation for all disease, is when the, the contractiveness of uh, stress closes down certain pathways. That's the first step. Then indirectly, stress distorts the tissue level of minerals, which determines the function of every gland and organ in the body. So when you're stressed, you're more likely to catch a cold, you're more likely to catch the flu. And my husband has a high cholesterol level, and there were four factors for it. 
and, you know, it was like a weight or exercise and eating. He didn't have any of those, but the factor number four was stress. Any right. Well, there's another there's another issue, and uh, we'll just detract there for one second to get that a little bit clearer, and that is the basic underlying cause for all these cholesterol issues is actually the uh, the first stages of scurvy. Now, of course, nobody talks about scurvy anymore because who dies of scurvy? Uh, people have strokes and uh, all kinds of problems, which is actually dying of scurvy, but who's going to talk about scurvy because it's too easy to solve because all you have to do is take more vitamin C. But you see, with the body, uh, when, you, when you see the whole cholesterol issue is mostly the result of sluggish intestinal tract not being able to flush itself, excess eating of cooked heated fats. But what really gets us in trouble, and this can be two generations inherited, is a va- vitamin C deficiency causes the arteries to crack or develop lesions and then the liver very brilliantly overproduces cholesterol to patch those cracks up so that we don't leak to death. So, of course, that builds up excess. Uh, it accumulates more cholesterol in the system. It gets excess uh, plaque, loads the gallbladder, and then starts overwhelming the liver. So is the answer for that then more um, vitamin C? Yes, from food source, like uh, green leafy vegetables. We as humans have wandered farther than any other animal from our natural food chain, which was heavily loaded with green leafy vegetables, which had the calcium, the vitamin C, and everything that every person is basically lacking right now. Now, you talked about cancer then. I mean, that's such a a scary word then. So what are some of the things people can do to avoid that then? Here's the secret to everything. The whole purpose of us being on this planet as spiritual beings we're here to have a physical experience but we get down here and we find out that it isn't quite as much fun as we thought and so we start withdrawing again so basically what we're looking at is how much charge is there in your battery how much life force is in your battery stress causes stress will literally squeeze the life force out of your body in fact, if we had a little meter like you plug into a battery to determine the, uh, uh, the charge level of each battery, you'd find that most adults over 50 years of age are more dead than alive because the charge just isn't there. The life force, which is expressed in the form of joy and passion, well, we get busy as adults with all the responsibilities and obligations and everything, and we forget that life is an expression of joy and we get to believing that it's a, a, a burden of obligation and responsibility, and that joy that uh, animates the human body starts being dissipated and diminishing within the body. But if we could get that energy level very high in the body, there isn't anything the body can't overcome. See, what happens is children, we cut a finger or harm the body in any way and we watch it miraculously heal itself but as adults we start becoming impatient and we uh, instead of allowing the body the time and the energy to heal we will stay in bed or uh, stop overdoing our lives long enough to uh, heal partially and then when we can get out of bed we go back to work not thinking wait a second, the body needs that extra energy to heal itself, and we're, 
using that energy to accomplish. And we do that again and again and again, and so pretty soon we have so many areas within our bodies that there wasn't enough energy or the nutrients to heal, and so we start losing our belief in the body's ability to heal itself because we watch that it isn't able to keep up anymore. And it isn't the body's fault. It's our fault because we don't give it time to repair. And now as adults, we have many accumulated damages that never got to heal properly. And the body sees, oh my gosh, I've got to try and digest this food on the run and I've got to dissipate the energy to accomplish all these things that uh, the person is focusing on, there isn't time to heal. There's only so much energy. You think if we could just slow down and enjoy our life more, that would go a great way to improving our health? That would be the secret to it. A person actually, if they ate just a good diet and started living instead of perpetuating the survival process that we've been caught into, all of our lives and for thousands of years. I believe for the first time in history, we're to a point where we can literally shift from uh, survival into life, which we've never done before. All we've done is survive. How do we do that? We were raised on that Puritan work ethic where we think we have to work hard for everything in our life. Not only that. If we're not working hard, then we're slackers. Exactly. Not only that, but we're programmed in the DNA all the way back with the same lie. And that drives us to the point where we don't believe that it's okay to live or to enjoy life. And that is the purpose of life. And our body, literally, our body is a communication mechanism always expressing how we feel in the body. It's the greatest barometer you could ever find. And you just take a look in the mirror and around you and you know exactly how you feel emotionally. So when you're feeling great and you're in the zone, then keep going. But if you're feeling kind of wrung out in stress, then take a step back and slow down? Definitely. It's amazing how just giving the body time to heal, to just withdraw, uh, shut down televisions, uh, radios, every bit of uh, don't read a book you know we're so accustomed to uh feeling like we have to be doing something all the time that uh during our healing time we're burning up as many calories by uh pushing our brain to to read and study and do whatever thinking oh i'm i'm laying back taking it easy right now no we've got to just let the body have all the energy to properly heal you know, my husband and I have always told our kids, you know, that you don't have to be sick to take a sick day because sometimes you just need a break, you need to recharge, you need to rest. But in our society, a lot of times when you're working, the only time you get that, that day off is if you've, you're calling in if you're sick. Right. Any, right. any suggestions on, on that, on how we can kind of slow down and enjoy our life a little bit more? Well, the main thing that I try and encourage everyone to do is to clear enough of the dead garbage out of the body to allow life to come back in. And when life comes back in, we're more intuitively aware of the communication of the body. In fact, uh, as you read about, uh, obviously, uh, I think that everybody on the planet should uh, read the book that I just got finished writing because it's been so many years evolving and it's the concentrated result of my life work. And 
and it's detailed out so carefully there and simply, but there's a program that I, I introduced called the 30-Day Challenge, and I give a few examples in there of people that have done it, and it's the most amazing thing to watch. Uh, I had a whole classroom. The first group that I uh, tried the program on uh, probably eight months ago, uh, it was interesting because every Tuesday night they would come to my office and we'd have a classroom setting and uh, there's about uh, 40, 40 people doing it together. And to watch their faces change and the look in their eye and all of a sudden watch them connect with their own uh, spiritual awareness and that start expressing through their eyes was so phenomenal. And to watch people uh, that had been taking blood pressure medication for so many years and now all of a sudden they they find their uh, they don't need it and different medications because the body was given the energy to heal because it wasn't dealing with all this sewage that was recycling through the body. But the neat thing is when when the body is cleared out and the energy increases, to to hear people talk more uh, wisely regarding their intuitive guidance of knowing what their body really needs and knowing what how to take care of it. That is probably the major coaching that I do is encouraging everyone to to accept the fact that the body knows and it will it's always speaking, but. We've got to stop and start listening. Do you recommend that people do a cleanse um, once a year? Actually, in the program that I present, it's a 36-month uh, process where, uh, now this is for adults. I know what we want to do today is not only talk to uh, parents of what they can do, but also tips for uh, how they can support the, their children. But for the adults... I advise a 36-month program that will literally reverse a lifetime accumulation of toxic materials from the body as well as reversing a lifetime of damage. When those two things are done, and that, that incorporates um, two of these 30-day, they're, like they're like a cleanse, but it's a very comfortable cleanse because the body is being fed more perfectly than at any other time, and then you actually go through a 12-day um, it's 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 like the master cleanse with the lemonade and all, but you have total intestinal support for clearing plus detox baths, and you have things uh, you have food items that uh, besides vegetable juicing you have food items so that you're comfortable all the time, but it supports the body in such a powerful way because the body can detoxify much better at high vitality than it can at low vitality. That way your body feels safe enough to let those toxins Exactly. Go. And if it knows that it's going to have more groceries than it needs continually being put in, and it has that support where the program that I've designed opens up the, the gallbladder, the liver, it dissolves the cholesterol out of the arteries as well as the gallbladder and liver. It keeps the intestinal tract moving. I help people to understand, uh, in fact, uh, Probably the most important thing for anyone to really thoroughly understand about detoxification is what I call the flow of detoxification. Without an understanding of the flow of detoxification, it's actually impossible to totally uh, detoxify the body. And what I do there is I show everyone that there's five areas in the body 
where the body normally has kinks in the tubes that evacuate. The bottom, it's like uh, if Roto-Rooter were to look at your body and say, okay, we've got to clear this out, where would they begin? They would go down to the bottom and start clearing out the colon. Well, there's, there's one trap that inhibits that from happening properly, and that is the tightness in the lower back of most adults. The tightness in the lower back actually causes strictures in the colon so that you can't get a complete evacuation. So I encourage everybody to start working with stretching and opening up the, uh, the nerve flow from the lower back, getting uh, fiber moving through the intestinal tract to get a complete release. Then the next point is to go back to the gallbladder and liver to clear them. And once that is cleared, then the brain will release the tightness of the muscles under the collarbones that has been stagnating the lymph. And when you see a clear picture of that, all of a sudden it makes sense why the body starts accumulating lymph and developing all these lymphatic problems and uh, holding poison in the tissue and everything. It's because the brain has to protect the bloodstream from this waste material. Do you recommend uh, massage and chiropractic to help kind of help with those kinks and with the energy flow? Definitely. The highest priority for an individual is to focus on what they need to do to stop creating the problem because the body isn't a dumb piece of meat that keeps breaking down. The body is so brilliant and self-repairing that if we would stop breaking it faster than it could fix itself, there would never be a health problem with the body. Dr. Hall, would you like to discuss in your book, you, know, you talk about the 11 reasons why the human body breaks down. Would you like to discuss that, or would you like to go straight in and kind of give us some advice on you know, lifestyle changes we can make to kind of, as you said, stop creating the problem in the first place? Well, actually, um, I just as well run down through the reasons why the body breaks down, because everybody's going to have a curiosity about that. Okay, yes. Kind of like opening up a can of worms and then not letting everybody see the worms. <laughs> okay, good. So we're going to talk about the 11 reasons why the body breaks down. Yes. Okay, now we've talked about the first one, um, which is the, uh, is the, the uh, trauma that induces the stress. The, uh, the second one, which is the one and only physical cause for all degeneration. I want to clarify as you go along, too, if you don't mind kind of simplifying it. So number one is stress, um, you know, st emotional stress, physical stress, and stress from overdoing it all the time. Is that correct? Yes, but... Uh, no, actually, I take that back because no matter what type of physical stress there is, the, the destructive stress that causes all the problems is trauma. And that can go back 150 years because, remember, this body from the DNA is expressing the stress from before. Now, in the book, I go into detail as to why we appear so self-destructive, and it ties into the same principle uh, you know, life always gives us exactly what we expect, no more and no less. And what is it that establishes our expectations? Well, if life beat us up yesterday, what are we going to expect of life tomorrow? We're going to expect the same. So in other words, if we carry the DNA of extreme trauma from our grandparents and our parents, 
without even consciously being aware of it, our unconscious expectation is that life is going to beat us up. And if life doesn't beat us up, guess who beats us up? Ourselves. How? You're right on track. How do we beat ourselves up? You mean, is it like having negative expectation where instead of looking for the silver lining, you're always looking for the negative? That and two, if we... Uh, if we feel guilt within, now remember, uh, actually I probably shouldn't open this one up, but I'll just throw out a piece of it. I cover it in detail in my book because this has to do with the traumas and everything, but the one major solution for the one major cause, of course, is the principle of forgiveness. Now this... Uh, I know this sounds like, well, what in the heck does that have to do with the health of my body? This is really it. Because our body is going to express itself according to our expectations. And our expectations are well established in our DNA and in our memory. And now a great example of what keeps us locked into status quo is if someone does something that upsets us. And we can't forgive that in them Stop and think for a second. Do you think we carry the DNA of having done a similar thing? Well, it's so nice to hear you talk about the emotional and nutritional aspects of health because so many times when we visit with the doctor, it's just kind of, you know, take a blood test and take a pill. You know, well, whereas I think we all know instinctively that it's a, a bigger picture and, and bigger causes than that. Well, to tell you the truth, in line with what you're saying, I'm not teaching anybody anything new. Every one of us know this unconsciously. Our intuition knows what I'm saying. All I'm doing is putting it into words. Okay, so we're talking about the 11 reasons that the human body breaks down. And number one is a stress-slash-trauma. Trauma, yes, that ends up in stress because that sets our expectation. Now, the number one physical cause is a misalignment of the upper cervicals. Now, that usually happens with an assisted birth because if uh, when we're born, the bones in our neck aren't formed as bones. They're like a firm cartilage. And if you grab a baby by the head and pull it and twist it in, an, in assisting the birth, 100% of the time you either pivot the skull on the spine or you at least misalign the atlas and the axis. From that point... With a chiropractor? No, that's when you're being born. As you're being born, if someone assists you in the birthing process, it misaligns the upper cervicals. And can we correct this misalignment by visiting a chiropractor now in our Oh, yes. Uh, what I've found, though, is that most chiropractors, and I hope there aren't too many on the, uh, on the phone that this upsets, but I find that most chiropractors are working with the effects of that causal issue. I see cause as being right to the top of the spine and out of all the upper cervical specialists and everyone that I've observed the work of, I've only found one, and he doesn't even claim to be an upper cervical specialist, but he has figured out the rhythm of the body of how to get the body to cooperate with realigning the pivot and the realignment of the two upper cervicals. Until a person is able to do that, you got to remember that uh, if if every adult takes their fingers and right behind their earlobes, they'll feel the mastoid bone, 
and right down the side of their neck, they're about a half an inch if they feel right in there. Most of the time with most adults, those muscles on each side, maybe one a little more than the other, are always in spasm. Those are indicating the body's compensation for the misalignment of the upper cervicals. Now with the uh, upper cervicals being misaligned, they're going to cause a little bit of pressure on the spinal cord itself. The diminishing or the pressure on that uh, spinal cord is going to transfer down into the body and reduce the nerve flow to various areas and affect the health of the entire body. Plus, it's going to start a two-way communication from the top of the spine to the, uh, to the lumbar area, which then starts tightening down, closing the colon down, causing a recycling of our sewage into the bloodstream and poisoning everything. And that right there, again, from a different direction, is the fundamental cause of all of our problems, sewage does, in our fuel system. Does massage help with this? Massage directly will, uh, massaging both the neck and the lumbar will give relief. It won't correct the cause, but it will bring fantastic relief. Okay, that's great. Another thing that would really help is the little traction units where you put a harness over your head and uh, have the little pulley in the bag of water pull about 10 pounds pressure off from your head. Uh, that will really help. There's a lot of things, hot and cold treatments. There's a lot of things to bring relief. But I want everyone to keep in mind that the real uh, correction is going to be with um, a good chiropractor uh, to at least start reversing the secondary problems. And hopefully, uh, I find that the upper cervical specialists consistently can correct about a third of our problems. Myself, <clears throat> I'm probably an example of the tougher cases because I had a strong electrical shock when I was 13 years of age that spasmed one of the uh, muscles in my neck and compounded my misalignment so much that as an adult it basically uh, tried to calcify and fuse and so it, it, it's taken me a lot of time and work to reverse it but once you understand what needs to be done and you're working aggressively to support a chiropractor and massage therapist to correct that I believe that all everything that degenerates or distorts can be corrected if we don't have surgical interference. Surgical interference brings in a variable of scar tissue and many other things that uh, kind of makes it iffy whether the body can uh, completely correct itself or not. So those are the two only causes for disease. The others aren't really caused, they're reasons, and they're what I call influences. Now these nine that I'm going to review right quick are what most people refer to as being causal. And that is, first of all, poor selection and destructive preparation of food. Number two, poor digestion. Number three, poor elimination. Number four, dehydration. Number five, nerve flow restriction. Number six, exposure to toxic substances. Number seven, inactive lifestyle. Number eight, accidents. And number nine, surgery. Dr. Hall, would you mind going through that again uh, slowly? Because I'm keeping it as a list of 11. So number three, then, is a poor selection and cooking of preparation of food. Number uh, four, then, on my list is digestion, poor digestion. Uh -huh. Number five is dehydration. 
Well, the next one would be poor elimination. Oh, and then, poor elimination. And then dehydration. Now, these are only, these are not causal, remember. These are influences that compound the two causes and allow you to go in any direction to create the unlimited numbers of diseases that we suffer with. So what uh, would number seven be? Let's see, uh, so five, six, seven. Number seven would be nerve flow restriction. And nerve flow restriction, is that from having like a, a pinched neck or tight muscles? Yes, uh-huh. And uh, then what would number eight be? Exposure to toxic substances. Is that like um, chlorine in our water or, um, you know, lead in our paint? Everything. All environmental toxic substances in our water, the air that we breathe, in our food chain, all the chemicals they put in our food. And what is number nine? Uh, inactive lifestyle. Okay, so not, not uh, moving, not exercising enough. Exactly. Or playing enough is the main thing. Not playing near enough. And number 10? Accidents. I assume like falling or car accidents? Anything, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And 11? Surgery. A surgery. That would be a big trauma. That would be a big trauma. Oftentimes because we are either put out uh, with anesthesia, we think that because we're not consciously aware of it, uh, it's not a big problem, but just because we're not consciously aware of it, we've got to keep looking at it from the body's point of view, and it's like being tortured. It is totally stressful on the body. Now, it's interesting. You don't have germs on this list. That's true. They, uh, or I don't find viruses or bacteria or, or anything like that. No, that's quite interesting because we've been told all of our lives that that is the reason for disease, right? Yes, wash your hands, use, take antibiotics, use antibacterial soap, yes. Okay. Well, that is one of the big areas where I go down one road and uh, the whole medical world goes down another road. I don't believe that the maggots killed the animal. I believe that the animal was dead first, the animal, and the maggots came to feast afterward. Viruses, bacteria, parasites, even cancer cells... It's absolutely impossible for any of them to survive in a body of high vitality. Can you talk some more about that, please? Yes. The reason, why, the reason why microorganisms didn't even get on the list of cause in any way, even as an influence, is because they are not causal. They are an effect. Now, they will cause further problems, but they are not causal. They are there because we look like catering wagons to them. So, All if, we so much, if we didn't have so much waste in our body, there would be nothing for them to feed on? Exactly. If ah. we didn't have low vitality, low oxygen, and large volumes of rotting food waste, why in the world would they even be interested in us, and why would they... They couldn't even survive. In your book, you talk about reducing the cats in our diet. Redoing, re, I'm Reducing, sorry. Reducing um, the cats. And the C is coffee, the A is alcohol, the T is tobacco, and the S is sugar. You talk about the importance of uh, reducing or eliminating these in our diet. Uh, actually, that, isn't, that wasn't my book. <laughs> oh, it must be a part of the cleanse. Oh, uh because -huh, that was a new term for me. Ah, ah. But obviously, that, that's great information. I, I've been, actually, I've been doing your 30-day challenge. 
Okay, good. Yeah, and that was one of the first things during the prep was to reduce those uh, four from your diet. Ah, okay. Yeah, but but I've been working with your assistants, your nurses. That must have been one of my uh, uh, assistants that came up with that one, which I support totally. But, uh, yes, everything that poisons the body, we don't want to continue the exposure of toxic substances, and obviously we all realize that uh, those items fall under that category, so... Do you consider um, antibiotics and vaccines to be uh, toxic? Totally. You do. So even the word antibiotic, what does it mean? It means anti-life substance. So did you ever vaccinate your children, or have your children ever received antibiotics? Never, either one. They were never uh, inoculated, and they have never, all the while they were growing up, they never got antibiotics. In fact, when uh, when my kids would uh, tell me that they didn't feel well. I knew that it was either something that they put into the intestinal tract that they shouldn't have or something that was still in the intestinal tract that needed to come out faster than it uh, was. So I found the solution was to use prune juice. In fact, uh, my kids would tell anybody that asked, what does your dad feel is the, uh, the one super medicine on the planet? They'd all say, Oh, he thinks prune juice is. <laughs> oh, really? Just for getting everything out of your system then, kind of cleaning house? Yes, because every time a child is ill, when you stop and think about what is the flu, the flu is, you know, it really doesn't matter what virus or what triggering mechanism activated a flu or a cold. That's the number one reason why uh, we're developing and we're creating degenerative disease because we have been told wrongly how to deal with colds and flus. We've been taught how to stop that reaction so that we can get back to a comfort zone, but with every cold and flu, we're dumping all this toxic waste because the body cannot normalize its function until it, get, it, until it dumps the sewage. When it's overwhelmed with sewage, it can't normalize function. So the first thing it does is it will either create a flu or a cold to dump the sewage, then it can repair. And when we stop that reaction, we suppress the volumes of substance that degenerative disease is made of, hold it in the body, and it accumulates until we develop degenerative disease. Another example, too, is stopping our fever too soon before it has a chance to, to burn up the germs. Exactly. And then we take uh, antibiotics because the... Uh, the bugs are taking over because we're feeding them so well, and we stop the uh, the reaction. We stop the cleansing mode. In addition to prune juice, can you give us some more uh, simple tips on how we can most effectively benefit our children? If you take a look at a child and and uh, picture in your mind that the core of that child is the intestinal tract, and if there is something in that intestinal tract as a young child that shouldn't be. If you could get it moving out faster and then start putting uh, things like vegetable juice and uh, uh, displacing some of the other things that are being consumed, then you don't load the filters, which is the next uh, stage out, the kidneys and the liver. If you don't overwhelm the liver and the kidneys, then you don't get the stagnation of the lymphatic system and it doesn't keep branching out farther and farther to develop disease. The quicker you can keep that intestinal... If you can keep that intestinal tract clearing and remember that everything go that goes into that intestinal tract influences 
the bloodstream. In fact, it determines the content of the bloodstream, which determines your chemistry, which determines health or disease. So all of a sudden it becomes very simple when we realize, okay, watch the tube. Keep the tube clean and keep it uh, filled with only... Uh, it's kind of like before a child consumes something, as a parent, stop and think, would I inject that into my child's bloodstream? Because that's where it's headed. Eat as many live foods as possible, like uh, raw vegetables, vegetable juices, fresh fruits. Exactly. Figure out ways to creatively, you know, we're all kids really when it comes to diet because we've all been, uh, we've all focused all our celebrations and all of our emotional uh, everything around food and we've pampered our taste buds and everything and it's kind of a, a tough thing for any of us to shift too radically back in the direction of our natural food chain for a, a human being. But, you know, if we can find ways of making it as simple and comfortable as possible, and juicing is one of those ways. You get so much concentrated nutrition, and in the beginning, if need be, you can throw a piece of apple in with the vegetables to make it a little nicer. You don't have to worry so much about the uh, food combining rules with juicing because it moves into the bloodstream so quickly that it can't ferment. How do we replace, you know, some of the sugary foods that we, um, you know, enjoy and routinely feed our children? That is a tough one because sugar is actually a drug. And if you don't believe it, don't eat any sugar for one month and see if you can do it without killing somebody. <laughs> you mean it's not, not just a drug but an addictive substance? It is a totally addictive substance, and it it is the drug of the 17th century. I mean, the things that were going on uh, or that go on with drugs now, that was going on with white sugar. It's like, hey, try some of this, you know, for a quick <laughs> high. We're, we grew up on it. I can remember uh, my grandmother. It was like if I was a good boy, I got candy from Grandma. It was like a treat for being a good boy and whatever. And, you know, everything else has been sugar all of our lives, and we don't think of it now as a drug because as children we grew up on it. But it... You know, the first thing is just uh, like when you realize, oh, my gosh, I've been drinking uh, six bottles of beer every day since I was three years old. I've discovered now, hey, it's not good for me. You know, it's like when we become aware of the fact, wow, sugar is actually one of the most destructive uh, substances. And when you stop and think of how diabetes is uh, running rampant, nobody's going to say, hey, guess what? You have to stop eating volumes of sugar and uh, starches because starches quickly convert to sugar and your your pancreas cannot keep producing enough insulin and two you're going to become so insulin resistant that the cells are going to put armor plates to try and protect themselves from all that sugar worry about coffee too because i see you know the starbucks and all these different coffee um coffee places and you know children drinking coffee wow Look at look at how many uh, adults have beat their adrenal glands almost to death, and it's like they're like our battery packs. And yeah. it, coffee, sugar, and all these stimulants hype the uh, adrenal glands up so much that they go into exhaustion. That's the whole basis of the chronic fatigue syndrome and the fibromyalgias and all of these fatigue issues. Is the adrenal glands are so stressed and a lot of adults now becoming obese because the 
thyroid and the adrenal system get so exhausted that it slows the metabolism and the oxidation down where the, the fuel can't burn, so it's stored in the woodshed. Like those energy drinks, too. They just can't be good for you. Yeah, you just you can't keep... It's like beating a horse with a whip, and the horse finally gets so tired that there's nothing left, and so the horse lies down and says, you know, you can beat me to death, but I can't pull anymore. I'm tired. That's what everybody's bodies are saying is, it doesn't matter what stimulant you use next. I'm just exhausted, and I can't be driven any farther. Most adults live on adrenaline, and sugar, coffee, and willpower stimulates the production or the release of that adrenaline, and in time, there's no more adrenaline, and we just flat out exhausted. It, it's like that healing issue. The body just needs the time, the rest, and the nutrients to repair and rebuild itself. But the good news is everything that we break down and, and destroy in the body with an understanding of what we've been doing and how far from normal that has been, when we realize that, we can restore all that is breaking down. That's somewhere that the body completely uh, rebuilds every cell in the body in three years? Actually, the, all the soft tissue is every year, and we get a whole new bone structure every seven years. So by making these changes um, to our diet and our lifestyle, I mean, it really is going to have a huge effect for us. Definitely. And if a person can gain... I present it actually as a hobby, you know, just like restoring an automobile, and I go into detail about that in, in the book, of look at your body as being like an old automobile that you want to restore, but instead of just that pride of having a beautiful automobile... The way we experience life is determined by the quality of health in our body, and we've never looked at it that way. If we could, if we could restore the vitality that we had as a two-year-old child with the wisdom that we have right now, could you imagine how we could enjoy life? Dr. Hall, before we open up the call to take questions, uh, could you please give us your uh, web address? Uh, the easiest one. More about what you do. The easiest one would be drmichall.com. Just dr without a dot. Just drmichall.com. And then you have another one, which is interactive nutrition. Yes. www.interactivenutritionnutrition.com. Yes. So people can find out information about your um, your cleanse programs? Yes. And the, the, reason, the reason why I give out Dr. Mick Hall is because it's so much easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both both sure. will lead you there, but that one's quicker and easier. <laughs> well, uh, callers, we're going to open up the call so that you can speak with Dr. Hall yourself and ask him some of your personal questions. So if you would, please mute out your phone by pressing star 6. And when you want to ask a question, you press star six again. So star six puts you into mute, and it also brings you out. So here we go. I'm going to open up the call. Hello. Hello, oh, yes, caller. Yes, I have a question. Please go ahead, and then I'm going to repeat your question before Dr. Hall answers it. Yes, okay. Um, my question was, if you're doing a juice fast, um, how do you cleanse your body of 
the toxins that are developing in your body if you're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and fresh juices. Um, is it, you know, is it suggested that you take psyllium husk or well, what do you do to cleanse out the body when you're doing that type of fast? Dr. Hall, and let me repeat that. So um, she was wondering about a juice fast, what you can do to enhance a juice fast to uh, get the toxins out of your body and to keep you in good shape. The highest priority is always to watch what's happening in the intestinal tract because when you do, uh, you know, juice fast is kind of like uh, what is becoming very popular now is uh, shifting radically into a completely live food diet. That may be an absolute ideal, but what it does is it increases vitality at the tissue level to such a degree that remember the body's number one agenda is when the vitality goes up or when it needs to repair. No matter what is happening, when it's ready to repair, the body will dump the sewage first. And so as you take veg vegetable juices or raw vegetables and uh, fruits and live foods like that, it increases the vitality to such a degree that it starts releasing poisons from the tissue storage and dumping that into the bloodstream and into the intestinal tract for elimination. And so by understanding the principles of how the body works, you want to keep your focus on the intestinal tract. Uh, if it's a short-term cleanse, psyllium husks or anything like that uh, works well. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that for a, on a long-term basis. What I encourage people to do is I have a combination uh, intestinal support that a person can use on and on and on for years and years and years, and it, it's gentle enough to keep uh, re rebuilding the muscular sleeve of the entire intestinal tract at the same time as assisting the removal of the waste material that... Uh, gets released when you're doing your cleansing. So the number one focus needs to be make sure you take out the trash. Don't let the trash can get full because the next place it's going is to recycle back into your bloodstream. That's where you get the headaches. That's where you get the flu feelings and all of that. When a person is cleansing, it isn't necessary to suffer all these uh, reactions because that means that the person just doesn't understand enough about what they're doing or teaching. A lot of people are teaching, hey, you've got to feel worse before you can feel better. It, it, it isn't so. You watch the intestinal tract clear that first of all. On the website, you'll also learn about doing detox baths where you, you do this bath twice a week that opens the pores and pulls chemicals and metals and other toxic materials directly out through the skin. Uh, another thing is a lot of teachers will instruct you to uh, focus on getting rid of that horrible mucus lining out of the intestinal tract. Well, keep in mind, we have a liver that is overwhelmed with poison, and it's going to take some time to clear the gallbladder so that the liver can clear itself and get that poison out of the body. And if you get focused on removing that mucus lining that your body has developed for the protection of your bloodstream and you strip that out too quickly, then every time your liver starts dumping poison into the intestinal tract, it will quickly or more quickly recycle back into the bloodstream, and you'll feel it every time your liver dumps. So I've worked out... that we should have three bowel movements a day? Yes, just as an exercise in the beginning. No matter how many meals you have, 
you you know a lot of people say well i only have one uh one meal a day so i should only have one bowel movement no if you start through the detoxification process even as an exercise you need to start producing three bowel movements a day by working with uh, a supplemental fiber and a mild herbal laxative because your body will cooperate by dumping enough toxic material to produce those other two bowel movements. But I would never suggest for anyone to only have one meal a day. That is not a good idea. We're grazers. The body needs fuel throughout the day, and it's a, uh, a fantastic weight loss secret also to overcome all the nutritional deficiencies from skipping meals. You you drive the uh, metabolism by introducing more nutrients into the bloodstream and then just keep the waste moving on through and you'll do much better. Thank you, Carl. That was an excellent question. I'm going to open up for another question. Yes, next question for Dr. Hall. We have time for one more. Okay, I have a question. Yes, please go ahead. Um, I would like to ask the doctor how he feels about fasting. The scripture talks about fasting, and I'd like to know his take on fasting as a method of cleansing the body. Thank you. Dr. Hall, our caller was wondering what your thoughts are about fasting, especially as a way to cleanse the body. I appreciate you asking that question because that is a very, very important question. I am opposed to fasting as a form of detoxification only because of the point in time where we are now it's a different world than it was back when you know when you go to a health food store and you buy health books keep in mind some of those books were written a hundred years ago we're in a different time right now to where the average body is has accumulated such uh, volumes of toxic waste and is lacking so many nutrients that when a person moves into um well, not to mention all the stressors that we hold uh, spasming the muscles in the body, you move into a, uh, a fast, and it's like wringing a rag out too rapidly, and it has a tendency of over-poisoning the body. Now, a fast, let's say like a water fast, is I would suggest that a person use a water fast a year or so down the road as a... Uh, as a more extreme, more effective way of uh, clearing the body. But I would always encourage a person to begin with proper detoxification that loads the body uh, heavily with nutrition, at the same time as supporting the avenues for elimination. So that the, uh, basically what I'm looking at is the body is a brilliant, brilliant mechanism that is, uh, is already programmed for normalization. And if we just understand the body's functions of how we can support it to do what it knows best to do, you'll be amazed at what miracles can come about. So uh, by supporting the body, by opening up these pathways, doing the detox baths, keeping the intestinal tract moving, drinking sufficient uh, vegetable juices and water, and, and uh, providing the nutrients and the cleansing at the same time, then when you intuitively know, okay, I'm ready to go to uh, more graduate-type work, then you do a water fast, and you'll be amazed at how great you, you do. Uh, I would consider a water fast more of a graduate-type work once all the scoop shovel work is done. You have uh, supplements at Interactive Nutrition, too, to help with the detox and the cleanse and also the supplements to uh, enhance the meals. 
what I've been doing for the last uh, 15 years is as I've been, it started out actually about 18 years ago now, I was so frustrated trying to coach people uh, to go to the health food stores and get different products to do this work because I was finding that the philosophy of all the products were put together with treatment in mind. And that's that's where I go in a completely different direction from basically everyone else in the world, is I believe that treatment is an insult to the in intelligence of the body. I believe that the body has an agenda already that is brilliant beyond our understanding, and what we need to do is listen to what the body would like for us to do to support it to do what it needs to do. So from that point of view, I've been formulating for the last 15 years uh, a synergistic program that will support the innate wisdom of the body to accomplish what it does best. And the synergy that, that happens just pulls off miracles like nothing I'd ever seen before. And every year, every opportunity I get, if there's anything that uh, I feel I can alter or, or improve on, I'm totally free to be able to do that, and I love that. Uh, I guess the bottom line with all that I'm saying there is, what I've been doing is listening to everyone's bodies for the last 20 years and listening to what those bodies would like for us to know, and then I would verbalize that to the individual. Dr. Uh, Hall, tomorrow we're interviewing Dr. Fife about the miracle of coconut oil. Uh-huh. And you use coconut oil in your special recipes, don't you? Sure. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much. I'm afraid we're out of time. So, thank you so much. We've been talking with Dr. Hall of Dr. D-R-M-I-C-K-H-A-L-L dot com, an expert uh, nutritionist and on the cleanses. Callers, thank you so much for being with us today. Please join us again tomorrow where we'll be speaking with Dr. Fife about the miracle of coconut oil and also with Dr. Cooney Beasley. He has an excellent presentation on how to finish a textbook in half the time with twice the comprehension which is very helpful for uh, a, a high school homeschoolers. I know I'm using his method with my own son for his biology textbook. So I'm going to open up the call so you can say goodbye to our guest. And please join us again tomorrow for homeschool.com's 2007 Winter Homeschooling Teleconference. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Hall. You're sure welcome.